everybody. Welcome to episode 15 of Weekly Nintendo Podcast as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm AJ. I am Carlo. Hey guys, this is Eric. And we are missing Dave for this week, but we'll see him again real soon. So, um, so let's just uh, jump right into it. So what what are the new happenings for, for Vegas in the past week? Not not much new stuff lately, but uh, they did sign Colasar. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. Keegan Colasar uh, got signed to a two-year deal. So first year is um, a two-way deal. So he's got a minor salary and an um, NHL salary. And then the second year is just a straight one-way. He'll only have a uh, NHL salary. So um, hasn't turned out as well as you would kind of hope uh, when Vegas traded for him. Vegas traded a uh, second-round pick yeah, for him, it was I think, in, just after the expansion draft uh, for him for Columbus. And that second-round pick actually turned out to be a very viable player for um, Columbus currently, Alexander uh, Alexander Texier, um, I think it was like 45th overall. So uh, you kind of had a little bit more hope for for Colasar that he would have at, at this point popped. Um, he had it wasn't this pre- most recent year, but the previous year under um, Rocky Thompson, the AHL. Carlo, we all let you speak on this a little bit. He had a really good year that year. Um, I think he played first line minutes and and just they wanted him to shoot a lot. So he had a good development year that year, but hasn't turned it into an NHL spot yet. Yeah. Cause I really, I really like Colasar. Cause I remember during that year you were talking about, I was talking about, uh, I'm excited to see him in the, uh, NHL, but I didn't think he was ready at the time or, uh, or he was the season. See the, the, the thing about Colasar is he, I think, I think he played a few games, right? He's come up like once or twice. Yeah. But the, one of the times he came up, he had a really bad open ice hit. Yeah. Um, so he just kind of. That was during he, the preseason. That was during the preseason right. against Arizona. Yeah. I think he feels like he needs to to just replace Reeves with that yeah. physicality instead of just go out and play his game. So hopefully he can figure that, that out. Is, that is his game a little bit though, but he, he has, he's not going to be as physical as Reeves, but I think he has a little bit more scoring upside than Reeves. And the, I think one of the biggest reasons uh, he hasn't cracked the NHL lineup is, uh, number one, I don't think he's really that ready. He's, I think if he's a little bit late, late bloomer, but I do like his skill set and what he, can, what he can bring to this team. But uh, his skill set is a type of skill set that would replace Carrier and Reeves. And those two are really staples in our, in our teams. If one of those guys uh, either get injured or hurt, I can see Kolasar getting called up. Uh, to to take their uh, to ro- take their role in uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, but I don't think he's ever going to be a superstar or whatever. But he's going to be a bottom, uh, like a fourth line bottom bottom six type of guy. He's not going to be, he's not going to have the same upside as Alvinus or Dugan. But I think he's eventually going to be uh, an NF, uh, NHL player uh, in a year or two. Like call ups this year, maybe. Yeah, he's played one NHL game in mm-hmm. his career uh, for the Golden Knights. No, no, he didn't do anything in that game. Uh, but yeah. the year that you were talking about, 2018, 2019 with the Chicago Wolves, uh, he had 20 goals that, that year uh, during the regular season. And he had uh, six goals in the playoffs, 11 total points out of 21 playoff games. So he was a productive player that year. It did not uh, translate this most recent year in Chicago. He had a little bit of a... Uh, I'm guessing he, was, he had to have been injured because he had yeah. only played 33 games. Yeah, he was he was uh, injured, uh, injury riddled, and uh, there's a lot of young guys that was fighting for uh, time this season too. You gotta you gotta figure that out. Like you gotta like 
players like Alvinus and uh, Quinny was at the top. And then they, they brought in guys like Peary was in there. So he didn't really get a lot of top line minutes because we got Patrick Brown uh, in the top line. And like you said, he was hurt for a majority. But he, he was still a big part of the, the Wolves' offense. The one thing that I would kind of wrap up on this for him to, to watch is um, Rocky Thompson loved him as a player. Rocky Thompson is now an assistant coach with San Jose. I'm not saying it's likely, but at some point, if he has a good preseason, it is possible when they go to try to send him down that he could get claimed for San Jose. It's a contract that is, they could use him on their fourth line. They lost Melker Carlson. I mean, they lost a lot of productive players on their fourth line. So it's very possible that, that he could get claimed uh, for San Jose. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. I, I put it at a really low chance because I doubt it. Cause I don't think he's, uh, he's not a permanent NHL guy ready yet he is he's a call-up right now he's, he's that kind of player so if they if they do claim him they have yes, to the same yeah, yeah. kind of like the Zykov situation from yeah. uh not this most recent year but the previous year where we had to yeah. keep him up all year so I AJ yes, anything I to wrap on the Colasar before you take us to the next uh topic uh no not really uh, other than I'm, I'm just interested to see if that actually what you were saying about San Jose or you're potentially another team could could possibly pan out but like you said that would put a lot at stake having to leave him up there or just rewave him so yeah. probably not um but i guess my question on that was uh is it his age that makes him not eligible to to be yeah sent out that waiver? yeah and this is his second contract i think uh something like that is both this is his second contract after his elc because he signed one uh because he's what 25? No, he's 23. This is just his second contract. So he's yeah, out of his ELC. Yeah. Uh, so three years out of his ELC. It's it's I think it's pro years that are accrued. Mm-hmm. Um or age. And yeah, yeah. so he played uh, AHL 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20. So he's had three pro years. Mm-hmm. So at this point he's just not uh yeah. HL anymore. He's not arbitration could... eligible yet, but he's not uh not waiver exempt yet uh, anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, do I don't end games, right? No, no, he's he's. It doesn't matter. His year, his ALC years are, are long gone. He can yeah. he can come up and down. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the only time that you're worried about um, the nine game tryout for young kids is in the first two years of their ELC if they're trying to slide it. And why if they're we, if they're playing juniors, that only works if they're in the CHL. Why were we worried about that with? Peary? It works in AHL too, Carlo. There is no, no, no. AHL. Once you become an AHL, it's a. It's a. Oh, there's still a, there's still a ten game waiver waiver exempt clause for AHL too. Are you sure? Positive. Yeah, because that's what for we the first two, for the first two years of, of the ELCs it does. Uh, Car- uh, AJ, you're talking about the year um, that uh, Peary came up, and we wanted him to stay. Oh, it's because he had already cleared waivers after a certain amount of games in the NHL to be sent back down. You have to clear waivers again if you get to a certain that's amount of games. Thinking. If it's not an emergency waiver situation, that's why that one year with Peary where he scored eight games and or eight goals in eight games or whatever it was, uh, everybody was worried about it. But it uh, they kept doing their little tricks about emergency call-ups. That's that's what that situation was. Different than the ELC, talking about two different things there. But uh, I knew but, there was something with 10 games in here. Correct. Yeah, that, that was the uh, – that's the – to be wa- still waiver exempt after you clear it once. But, Carlo, just to wrap on the other thing, um, Nick, Nick Haig 
played in the AHL his second year on his ELC. So his first year he was back, he played in AHL in the second year. That was still slid because it's not NHL. So it's only NHL nine games. AHL or um, any of the junior leagues are still ELC. You can slide that. Yeah, I'm thinking. it's an age thing, yeah. I'm thinking Europe. Um, But going back to the game getting, I I put it at like a less than 2% chance he's going to get claimed. Like if I was Rocket Thompson, I would claim like Patrick Brown before I'd claim uh, Keegan Colasar, to be honest with you. I don't think so. Patrick Brown, you know what he is. You know, he's like 27 years old, but he's not going to help. He's not going to be able to grow into an NHL player where Keegan Colasar hopefully might. We don't need to spend a whole bunch of time whether he's going to get claimed or not. I agree it's less than 10%, but it's not. Yeah. It's not two. Let's. Yes, wait, uh, listen to that, man. It's, it's not going to get claimed. <laughs> well, let's move on before Carlo decides to figure out what the percentage um, chances is. Yeah, for it's okay. It's less run. than 10, more than 2. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say McNabb five times in one sentence again. There you go. <laughs> well, there's one, so we're, we're already on a roll here. So uh, so fourth jersey uh, renders started coming out, and keep in mind they're all, they've all been renders. Nobody knows exactly what it's going to look like. Um, the one thing is I'm wearing a red shirt right now that's in the kind of – style red of the uh the, the team um and mine's from the the chinese new year jerseys if any color were to be around that color i would think it'd be close to either chinese new year or even a darker shade of red so the ones that we saw out there i think are lighter than we, we should probably expect i don't know what do you guys think uh i i think the fact that uh the leak the what the leaks were saying that it, they model it after the design of the las vegas thunder uh jersey's just a little color swap uh, there are a few renders there I did like. There's someone, someone's like, yeah, you could you could have done a better job at rendering it, but like the hot pink one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I do like the homage. Maybe, I don't know why. Maybe the rank the maybe the Wranglers like, because it's already red, you know. But like the Thunder, I think the reason why they don't they didn't use the teal of the Thunder is uh, because. Golden Knights have a history against teal teams now, so uh, it's kind of—I don't think people would like it that much that we're going to be wearing teal. To be honest with you, you know what I mean. So it'll be—it'll be really interesting. Um, so th- for everybody that, that hasn't followed along too much, the NHL is doing something different this year. They're calling it a reverse retro. So I guess there's going to be one weekend uh, for the teams to wear those. And it's already built in for who you're going to play. So like the first league that came out was Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. So you saw Philadelphia had the home Jersey, Pittsburgh had the away whites. So you know that they're going to play in Philadelphia at that time or Philadelphia be the home team. However, they figure it out. Um, ours will most likely be against Arizona would be my guess. I guess. I, I mean, that's just our natural rival maybe it's the kings or anaheim or san jose but who knows what it'll be because they it better, always, it better be san jose man they want it but they want that desert series the nhl wants that desert series so much I don't, so i don't I think they they, don't. They, they i don't think as much moving. anymore since they're moving to central yeah. yeah i guess but who knows um but anyway so and aj kind of covered this all the things that all the pictures that are out there are just somebody going into photoshop and changing colors of an active jersey current of a Las Vegas Thunder jersey, or the Sinbin one was just somebody recreating it based on what they saw. So don't look at the colors and go, "Ah, I don't know whether I like that or not, because you have to understand Vegas does things loud, right? The gold jersey Mm -hmm. loud, the gold uh, piping loud. So I think that red is not just going to be a standard 
hey, here's the red. No. I wouldn't be too surprised if it's not a loud, like the gold is loud. Like yeah, it's I, gonna think be sparkly, they could, I think they well, like, could. The inside of the star is on the shoulder patches of the home jersey. Right? And I think that would be really cool if it was that color. And then the gold's going to be loud. And then you know what the grays are going to be. Well, here's here's my thing, my argument with that, though, because this is supposed to be a retro jersey. So I feel like they're going to make it a little bit more of a retro feel, like the Thunder. You know what I mean? I I, it, I think it's gonna have a different feel to it. I don't know how. Did you see what San Jose is doing for theirs? The the seals. San Jose's is beautiful. I think that is amazing. They're using the seals logo. They're using the seals lettering oh, and the seals colors. That no, is they, fantastic. No, no, no. You know what would be amazing because they're, they're doing the golden seals, right? If they do a gold color, while Vegas is doing a teal color for the Thunder. Thunder, so, yeah. <laughs> So it's gonna be San Jose versus Vegas. San Jose you know will what? be wearing gold, and Vegas will be wearing teal. You know that, that would that. mess all the fans up. You're going, you're going down a different rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, anyway, I love take, it. With call back out of the, the out of your your pit there, uh, Carlo. Um, real quick though, I'm, I bet the uh, <laughs> I bet the Carolina Hurricanes are a little bit disappointed about this whole retro jersey thing because they've been basically rocking a retro jersey every year forever. Oh yeah, the Whalers, right? I I have to imagine they're still going to go back to that, though. Yeah, and they'll go to they'll probably go to like the old old original version of it. It's like blue and white instead of the like greenish. um... I'm curious, like what Vancouver's is going to be? Is that going to be the (gasps) the old V? Because oh, it's going to be like the large cast one. I bet like the one that was like their podcast. No, the flying skate. They've already used that last year. That was that that was not their original. I think the reverse retro will go all the way back to. Oh, it might be the maroon. Remember Vancouver at the very beginning had that maroon with Vancouver in the V, like it spelled down Vancouver and then back up. That would be a cool jersey. I kind of want I want this to carry over and see the Seattle Metropolitans jersey because the little striped ones with the with the S yeah. in Seattle. I kind of want to see that in like a modern Here, day version. Here's the it. thing that I would say. Adidas and the NHL want to make money. Yes. If they can do it for one weekend and just put it out there, kind of like the MLB had that silly, uh, you could use your nickname on the back yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean – the league likes to make money. Same thing with NFL. They did those. Remember those old Green Bay jerseys that were atrocious? The uh, Bumblebee ones oh, uh, for Pittsburgh. Those are I mean, the best ones. So if they even if they create it and sell a few thousand jerseys, they're happy. So th- they will want to to continue to do this each year. So just Vegas will have to figure out what they're doing because Reverse Retro. We've been around three years. We have no <laughs> real history. Yeah, the Thunder are there, but that's yeah. not that's they, not too much history. And the the Wranglers. How many years were the Wranglers around? Not very many. Nine, ten years, right? Which one? What team was around longer? Wranglers or uh, Thunder? Thunder, I think. I thought it was a Thunder, which makes sense. They were there earlier and to go through. But yeah, I think that's the approach they should go to is go to the Thunder. Like, uh, but I don't know if like they should go to the teal though, because like I said, like I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't. If it's just for one thing, just go the full. But it was never an NHL team, so the NHL yeah. would probably be like, hey, don't do that. California Seals was an NHL team, so it makes sense that they are able to use that. So it makes sense that we can just kind of – it's an homage to them. It's a, hey, that's why the, the V is there. I think it will look good, though. The renderings don't make it look that great, but I, yeah. I have enough confidence in the design team and Adidas and uh, Golden Knights having say in it that I think it'll look really fucking good when it comes out. I think it'll look so much better in person or even the real picture of it versus those renderings. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. You, yeah, uh, I, go ahead. Do, do you guys think that uh, this will be the season ticket gift jersey? Yes. Yeah. 
they've already essentially said it's a jersey that will be released in December that isn't out there yet. So now that this has been out there, because uh, Isletics, who's big on the jersey thing, uh, came out and confirmed what Sinbin had put out. He's like, hey, I saw this mo- months ago. This is, I was sworn to secrecy, hey, but this is the jersey that's that's their fourth, whatever, reverse retro, whatever they want to call it. And it makes sense that the Golden Knights pivoted off of the gold third jersey and into this one because they wanted to make that money earlier. And it just yeah. makes sense. Hey, this is a cool jersey to give because you're you want more people to buy the gold third jersey to have people in the stands versus just yeah, your season right. tickets. You don't want them wearing this all the time. So you wanted them to go buy the gold third jersey to wear as their main and then this is that jersey that they'll they'll wear that one well, weekend. This, this one's more special for us too as season ticket holders, I think, because it sounds like this one's not going to be around forever, like the gold one's probably going to stick around for. Yeah, I think that gold one becomes within three years. That's their main jersey. I think the the gray will kind of fade away. Or I think I feel like it's just going to be part of the rotation. I feel like yeah, I don't think the gray will fade away. I think it'll be the third jersey. I think it'll be the part okay. of the rotation, yeah. but. Makes sense. Yeah, the gold will be worn more often than the gray jersey. Yeah, I think it'll be like 30 for the for home t- times. 30 for yeah. the home, 10 for the gray, and one for the red or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, but, go ahead. I, I was I was gonna say I, I still think uh it's gonna it's gonna look really, really intense whenever Fleury has a game where he's in that gold jersey with his gold pads, whenever that happens. You see 3PO? Yeah. I think both Leonard and Flurry. Obviously, if Flurry sticks around, I mean, there's we can we don't need to dive into that at this point. Um, but I think both of them, with their relationships with both CCM and, and uh, goalies only or Brian's uh, gear, uh, will get a really cool pad design to wear with that gold. It's- I could see um, Leonard being similar to what he just had, the white ones, but with the gold, make it pop more because that yeah. that gold will have to pop. Yeah, especially Leonard, because Leonard loves his equipment. He ch- he has new equipment like every five months. Except for skates. Loves it, yeah. Except for skates. Yeah, you're right. I could see yeah, except him for skates. Yeah. If during that red that red reverse retro, I could see him having red pads too. Whoever yeah. gets the start, I could see him having red pads. I'd laugh if he just went and grabbed his freaking Blackhawks pads out of the bin. Something. Well, he had the black and red ones. That's right. Yeah, when he yeah, first yeah, came yeah. here, he had the black and red ones. Yeah, I do like if with. The red jersey, though, I do prefer if they go with a retro look. Make it feel more retro instead of the more newer Vegas boom, glittery style, you know? I got gotcha. you. That's, that's, that's my preference, but we'll see because we know we know Vegas, like this branding they have. Yeah, they want it to be loud, which I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. so, so you guys want to talk prospects for a little bit? A quick word from our sponsors. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks.
Yeah, there's not a lot else to really cover. I mean, essentially, that last flurry of activity on that Monday. Um, no pun intended, right? Almost two weeks ago now, no pun intended, uh, was uh, Petrangelo signing and trading Schmidt. That's the last mm-hmm. trade recorded for the NHL. And other than what, Yevgeny Dadanov and a couple small players, there has been no real – I mean, Mike Hoffman's still out there as a yeah, free agent. Eric Hollis still out there. Yeah, he's not that big, but yeah, I get it. I mean, uh, I mean, there's still people available. That's what I'm saying. Correct. Uh, and Tampa Bay still hasn't figured out what they're going to do. Um, th- I think they're. Did either of their players file for arbitration? Did Sergachev or? Uh, um, I don't think. Uh, so. Not that I know Pirelli? of. Because that I, know of. I, I feel like then they're just letting them figure this out. Because at some point, Tampa Bay has to has to get this moving. So this is the list of unrestricted free agents available. They, uh, the NHL came up with a quick list of nine ones. There's Mike Hoffman, Mikhail Grunland, Anthony DeClaire, Sammy Vatnin, Eric Halla, uh, Kovalchuk, Galchenyuk, Hamannik, and Anthanasiu. So there are still names out there. Yeah, there's there's still. I mean, I, I'm surprised by by some of those. The Hoffman one's really surprising. Vatnin. Uh, I don't know, Galchenyuk, yeah, I don't know. He's not going to be anything. But Duclair, I, did Duclair really fuck up by representing himself? I mean. Yeah, man, I can't believe I, Ottawa did just keep him. Like, they needed to hit the cap floor. They have, they have room. They I don't know what him, they're... They didn't give him the, the qualifying offer. I don't know. It's yeah. that, that's, a, that's a weird deal. I always get goofy when a um, player wants to represent themselves. And nothing against a the player. They don't want to spend the 10%. I get it. But how many times does it have they signed a bad deal because of it? And it feels like a lot of times it's happened. Didn't Ovi do that? There was his, his mom. His mom is his agent. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. The elite but, of the elite. It's not going to hurt. No, and it, and she actually it's the Anthony declares that it'll hurt. She got she got Ovi an incredible deal too because he was making like almost ten million dollars over the past like fourteen years or something, and it was I like. Mean, completely protected so yeah she his mom did a pretty good contract for him that, yeah that was before they uh capped it at seven or eight years yeah he's yep. he's yeah he he's almost off yeah he signed a 13 year deal so yeah 13, 13 years 124 million dollars so and that was his mom that wrote that deal up <laughs> yeah last year's his last year right yeah yeah yes. and he's still gonna get money after no this year's his last year this year is his oh last. that's, that's 20, what i meant 2020 2021 and he'll still get 10 million dollars after this i bet I don't know that. The I don't know. 10. Maybe eight or nine. Yeah, I, I could see him nine. doing like a like a Sidney Crosby type deal, like an eight year or eight million dollar. Yeah, especially year. like a four to, year deal. Yeah, especially if you want to stay with the Caps and try to still compete because they they, they want to keep it, they want to keep him there because it will help sell uh, tickets for him to be in that Gretzky chase. He actually has a legit chance of breaking that record. Yep, which is crazy. As long as like the other healthy, the season, as like, long as health and as long as there's not. Uh, missing too much yeah Yeah. oh uh one thing to touch on before getting into prospects and we can kind of wrap on that um the nba just came out and said that they're shooting for like late december start so like right before christmas Mm -hmm. kind of that christmas start and 72 game schedule the reason why i bring that up is that's big for nhl because nhl is not going to want to be on the sidelines while the nba gets going they're they typically run in concert that they, they yep. both run at the same time. So I could see NHL pushing for 
um, a January 1st start time and just get it figured out. Like, hey guys, if we have to start in four hub cities or whatever, they, they will not use the term bubble again, but they will use the term like a hub city until they can get this to start figuring out. So I, we did talk about this in our group chat though, where the uh, NBA has, is in a better position than this because they, they, every, they're not as dependent. Yeah. yeah. They're not as dependent in great revenue as the NHL is because their TV deal is really good. Uh, while the <laughs> NHL needs that, uh, gate revenue and if they can't get people into the stadiums they're they're really have their hands tied by the owners because the owners don't want to lose money while you know their the games are getting played because they're saying that they're going to probably lose more money while they're playing with less gate revenue than just not playing at all because they have they, because they have to pay for like the stadium the players and all that stuff well, yeah, they're, they're, they're paying the player salaries. That's why yeah. they would lose the money is because they're playing, yeah. paying. Like, yeah. so everybody hears that uh, Foley said, oh, we'd lose $125 million if we played and had no fans. Yes, that's because you're paying $80 million to the players, $81.5 million. So if you take that out, all of a sudden now, it's a little different. I get it. I'm not, not trying to say they, they don't deserve to make money, but I don't think the NHL wants to go a year off. off the, yeah. So they will figure out what they have to do to get a season in. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of, uh, let's let's talk prospects for a little bit here before we close out. Um, So, I I know uh, Corey Cronman released a couple different lists. Uh, The top 155 prospects under 23 came out last week, and then he actually listed specifically his order of what his thoughts on Vegas prospects were. So, what did you guys think about that list? Yeah. So, Corey Cronman does a fantastic job for the athletic. Um, his top 155, I, I know that made a little bit of news. Uh, Vegas did not have a player uh, in the top well, 69. They had number 70 uh, in Cody Glass. But they did have five players from 70 to 155. Uh, Cody Glass, Nick Haig, uh, Brendan Burson, Peyton Krebs, and Jack Dugan. And then a couple of them would have fallen just outside the top 155. So their f- average for the first three years or four drafts, I guess now. So, you, But you got to look at something else. So Cody Glass is going to be our oldest prospect for the most part, Glass and Haig, and they're 21. So you got to think they're still going to be on the list two more years to where Vegas will have more drafts to get people in that. So um, it's possible that they will continue to get better as the years go. But like if you look at number one, number one on the list was uh, Austin Matthews. Yes, I get it. He's 23 and under, but he's not a prospect. He's a he's a top 20 player in the league. So it's just Corey Primer kind of changed how he started doing prospects because I don't know why exactly, but it's it's a good list to go look at. Like Pierre-Luc Dubois was number 18. People were freaking out about that going, there's no way that he's the 18th best player on that list. And it's not about where he is today. It's about what they project to be. So um, last year when Primer had this list, Cody Glass was in the top 30. So obviously you see what kind of fall he had based on the year that he had. So it's still there. He still has a lot of hype around him. It's just for him to turn it on and have a productive year. Yeah. And I also think that uh, a lot to do with this too, is that there's just not a lot of uh, the golden Knights has not played a lot of their draft picks yet. Mm -hmm. Other than Cody glass and Nick cake. Those are the two prospects. Oh, that was my draft pick. Yeah, yeah, what? Yeah, and White Cloud is over twenty three, so he's not included in this list. I bet he'd be. I don't know, like and he's also undrafted. Yeah, undrafted. Yeah, so uh, 
I feel like Cody Glass will be higher in this list by the time this list comes out again next year. He had a really shaky season. Uh, we talked about this a lot already, so I'm not going to dive into it again. But I feel like Cody Glass is going to bring his A game this season. He's gained a lot of weight. Play with Stone and Patcher, he's going to help him a lot. Nick Haig had uh, also a little up and down season. He got called up and down. He didn't really have a permanent spot. But if you look at a lot of the top 70s, they've, they've – other than the hot, really high prospects like Lafreniere, uh, I think is up there, right? Yeah, a lot. Than, a lot from the draft was actually up there. There was a yeah, lot yeah. of players from because this draft. A lot. A lot of these guys are like still unknown because they haven't played in NHL games yet. He, we've seen Glass and Haig in a few games. That's why they, they dropped a little bit because they've been up and down the NHL. They didn't really stay in the. I'm, uh, they didn't stay in the NHL for that long. So I feel like they kind of dropped their stock a little bit because they didn't find a permanent spot. But these guys are only t- 21 years old. They have a lot of time. You got to remember that Alex Stock didn't really earn his permanent NHL spot until he was like 23 or 22. So these guys have a lot of time. Like, I'm not worried about these prospects. I think I have a lot of high hopes of Cody Glass. I have a high uh, uh, high hopes of Nick Hagen and Peyton Krebs. Uh, Brisson, I'm not, I haven't seen much of him yet, so... We'll see. But. I think that's the one thing that was surprising about the Pronman list is he had uh, Brisson over Krebs. Uh, Brisson was, what, 96 on the list? And where was Krebs? Krebs was in the early 100s, right? Yeah, 113. 113, okay. So um, I'm surprised he likes Brisson more, but, uh, hey, that just shows, obviously, that, that Vegas has done a great job of the last really three of the, the four drafts. They have a, a – impact player the only one that they didn't was the year that they didn't have a first round pick and they took uh Ivan Morozov uh late second like in the 61 62 range I think is when he was drafted so oh you know what I think it is with uh with Krebs especially with Pronman's lists is uh, I think he uh, he tends to devalue players that are below a certain height I think because he's a little bit small compared to all the other players that are yep. like, in the top Brisson's 5'10", 5'11", so I don't know that it's too much of that. Yeah, and uh, he ranked Brasser pretty high. Yeah. And I I bet you, like, uh, after the World Juniors this season, Krebs is going to jump up that list. I have high confidence in Krebs. Yeah, if he has has a productive year, yeah, for sure. Because World Juniors uh, will start in right around the holidays up in Edmonton. So how many players do we have that should go to World Juniors? You got We're going to see Brisson versus Krebs. Yeah, Brisson will play maybe. for the, the national yeah. team. Krebs will play for Canada. Uh, uh, Dugan, too old. Morozov. Morozov's uh, Korzak, too old at this point. No, Morozov's Morozov. too old. Korzak. Uh, Dorofeyev uh, didn't make it. Uh, I think he's too old, too. I think, I think Dorofeyev's too old. Yeah, Dorofeyev's yeah. over 20. I think Korzak can make it. Uh, a few. I can't, I can't think of the top of my head. There's a not few many. Are, there's not many. There's not many no. no, there's not many. No. So uh, it'll just just be really Krebs and Brisson were the big ones. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Korzak possibly, Cor- uh, Cormier possibly. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Cormier, uh, Cormier, Korzak. I think Korzak, Korzak will make it. Yeah, can make it. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing. So then the list that um, Pronman had for just Vegas, uh, his list was Glass, Haig, Brisson, Krebs, Dugan, Morozov, Elvinus. He had Cormier over Korzak. And then Dorofeyev and Deliberatore. So he thinks all eleven of those will be productive uh, NHL players. Uh, obviously, Cody Glass, Nick Hague, Brisson, and Krebs are going to be your top six players. Yeah. And then 
Dugan, Morozov are going to be your middle six, along with Elvinus, and then Cormier, Korzak, Dorfeyev, and Dilibratori will be your bottom bottom six players. It's kind of how he broke his list down when he looked at it for for NHL uh, prospects. Uh, the the ma- management is really uh, getting a lot of heat for like going all in all the time and trading all our assets, but I feel like they've really balanced it out with some futures too. Because I look at this uh, prospect, we're, it's not the best in the league. We're not, it's because there are those who are rebuilding and Colorado that are just have a way better prospect than us. But I think these guys are because we have our core locked up for a long time, and these guys can fill in as they go. Uh, with the names like Cody Glass, Haig, and Brisson, and Krebs, and stuff. And I, I feel like our future is pretty fine, to be honest with you. The, the only thing that I would think in our fan base, and, and probably even um, amongst our own personal conversations with one another, um, that might sting is if Cody Glass really doesn't turn out to, to be anything at the NHL level, and we go and we keep seeing Nick Suzuki get better and better. Uh, I I hate doing revisionist history. Yes, yeah, but that uh, that's the only thing that we're gonna see and be like, yeah, hindsight's really twenty twenty, and that hurts now. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna that, come back. And that's if that you is know, the case. Yeah, you, know yeah, you could always do that. But here's yeah. the thing that you have to look at. So going into that year, during the prospect games, Suzuki was playing on the wing. Glass was playing center. So they had they as an organization had projected Suzuki to be a winger not a center at this level. That's why it was okay for him. Because remember, right before that trade happened, they played him the last game. They played him at center. So Montreal could get a look at him at center. But Vegas did not believe he was a center in their system. So then they made that trade. I mean, it also comes down to to the opportunity he got in Montreal, right? So he still got that next year. He didn't play. He still played juniors. Then when, when Montreal gave him the opportunity, he started out as fourth line. He was not a top six center by any stretch of the imagination. He worked his way up through. They weren't supposed to make the playoffs. Look, if Cody Glass was given an offensive coach at the time and got the chance in the runway to go and make mistakes and do whatever and grow, he would be a lot better player today than he is currently. Unfortunately, Vegas is a contending team. Montreal wasn't. So Yeah, and it, I think it's f- uh, funny that they saw Suzuki as a winger and they played Cody Glass as a winger in the NHL, which was yeah, that was a that was a Turk thing. I I don't even want to yeah. talk about that Turk situation anymore. That shit was just crazy. But yeah, like if you if you switch the roles, like if if Suzu if it was Cody Glass that we traded to Montreal instead of Suzuki, I bet you we're gonna be talking the same way. It's like, oh, we should have traded Suzuki instead of Co- yeah. Cause Cody Glass. Is, right yeah, yeah, Cody Glass is the is gonna be the one with the opportunity in Montreal instead of being stuck with Cody Eakin in in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> So, but but I agree with uh, AJ what you were saying about going all in and everything. Look, when you start looking at players that that are tied up, Mark Stone signed up for seven more years. Pacioretty signed up for three. William Carlson tied up for seven. Riley Smith for two, and I think they'll re-sign Riley Smith after those two. Yep. Marshall Sos for four more years. Tuck for five more years, right? Six yeah. more years. One, two, three, four, five. No, six more years. He's got Tuck's got six more years left. Stevenson just signed for four years. Uh, Reeves, obviously, bottom player, but he's got two. Carrier's got four. And then Nosek, Glass, Wah. Like, those are those are your next ones. Your and you core, Petriangelo for seven. Yeah, that's not even defense. Yeah, Petriangelo, uh, seven. Shea Theodore for five. Um, and then you'll have players beyond that. But when you look at your top six, your entire top six, 
ex, whoever your center is going to be is for four years or more, except for Riley Smith, who you got to think Riley Smith, they will extend because they love how he plays. He's 29 years old. They could give him a Pacioretty type deal four years, not money. He won't get 7 million, but they could, they could, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to resign him early because of it. Yeah. And if you look at the the money tied up to them too, they're all pretty decent, except for I think Pacioretty. Pacioretty, I think, is the only one that's a little bit overpaid than out of all of those guys. Based on his year, he's not overpaid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just had, he he had thirty seven goals. He is definitely not overpaid seven million dollars for thirty seven goals. Now thirty two, I think. Thirty seven is a lot because it's a shortened year. I don't think he had thirty seven. I think he had, he had thirty six points. What was the goals 32 i'm sorry you're right yeah, yeah. 32 goals 34 assists, 66 points um which was one one off of his career high mm-hmm. on a shortened season too he had true, played 71 true. games versus his career high came in 80 games so yeah he probably would have broke his his uh, career high so i don't think he's overpaid by any stretch of the imagination where else can you go get 30 goals for seven million dollars it's not 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 easy to go get 30 plus goals um everybody wants to point to his playoffs but he got injured unfortunately he never was healthy and they once again the team doesn't ever come out and say what happened but i I think he's fine i think your entire core there's not a player in your core that is overpaid in fact most of them mark stone at 9.5 underpaid uh patrick probably fair at 7 million carlson at 5.9 definitely underpaid riley smith at five underpaid Marshall so probably fair at five million. Alex Tuck at four point seven five underpaid. Like they have done a fantastic job. Even that the the um, Petrangelo deal they just signed. People, Dave brought it up last week about oh I wish it would have been less than eight point eight. Okay, he's the third best um, NHL defenseman, and there's five five people making more than him. I mean you got to go look at. Um, Yossi's Carlson. making more than yeah, oh, Eric Carlson, Carlson. PK Subban. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's not yeah, Carlson yeah, has eleven point five. Oh, that hurts too. It's a full no movement clause the whole time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Though yeah, they get yeah, yeah the, the, the San Jose gave uh him gave Eric Carlson this, whatever he wanted. Does Hedman make more than Petra, uh, Petrangelo? Give me one second and I'll pull it up if I can find Tampa Bay. Hedman makes seven point eight seven five. Oh, whoa, what a deal. Holy crap. That's because he signed years and years ago, didn't he? That's true. Yeah. yeah he's halfway he's through that contract. That's not why. quite halfway. Yeah, he's three years into it, though, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think your, uh, your core is signed. So you only need one or two prospects a year to come in and and contribute. This year it's going to be Hague and Glass. Next year you hope it's Krebs then at that point. Year after Maybe you Elvinus. hope it's Brisson. Elvinus and Dugan are going to be your middle six at some point. Yeah, you hope that they come in. I just laugh every time I look at the Carlson plus Burns plus Vlasic money. It's My God. Silly. It's silly every single time. It's like $30 million for three players. And what's crazy two- is everybody's like, oh, that's what Vegas is going to try to do because that's Pete DeBoer's system. They're, they will not spend that much money on No, Vegas. because they don't have an idiot manager above yeah. DeBoer. <laughs> like, going to give credit. No, going to oh, give Dowdy Will makes Wilson. more than him, too. Yeah, gotta give uh, gotta give credit to Wilson. Did. He did he did keep the uh, that team contending for years and years though. So I can't really correct. They, they only had on one, one, one. Yeah, I I have and I I've said this before on our podcast. Before that, the vitriol last year playoffs between San Jose and Vegas, I had nothing but respect for that franchise because, like you said, Doug Wilson continued to keep them as a contender. 
did everything to go get the big fish. And that's what Vegas is doing now. If you look at it, like every time there was a free agent that was big, Doug Wilson went and tra- either traded for him to sign him or got a meeting with him. Evander Kane was the biggest free agent. They traded for him and signed him. Eric Carlson, biggest free agent coming up, traded for him and signed him. They got meetings with John Tavares. They got meetings with uh, um, Mark Stone. S- Steven Stamkos. No, they couldn't They couldn't get a meeting with Mark Stone. Mark Stone was never a free agent. They tried uh-huh. – I actually know – I think the Carlson trade took them out of the Mark Stone sweepstakes. It was Vegas and nobody at that point. There was a – there was that – wasn't there Dallas at one point? But they were asking for Haskinen, and Dallas was like – that nah. was the that was the um um Eric Carlson never mind Carlson deal yeah that was Carlson deal they've drafted really well I mean San Jose's drafted pretty well when they've had really have good draft like Meyer and Hurdle are both really what I've fantastic. what I've yeah what I've heard is that they don't draft well in the first round but they draft well in the later rounds they they get like steals in like the later rounds except for Hurdle and Meyer yeah Hurdle and Meyer are yeah. two fantastic first round hits so. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. ninth <laughs> overall for Meyer and seventeenth overall Tenth overall for Hurdle. And I think Couture was a first-round pick too. Now he's, yeah, he's ninth been overall. A, oh. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, no, they they draft well. Yeah, they draft well in the first round. <laughs> Carlson, I don't know where I heard that from, but it was like, <laughs> where, where, when you can go and get three franchise players in the first round. Yeah, you're probably drafting pretty well. <laughs> so opposite of what Carlo just said. Yeah, but uh, if yeah, if you if you look at um, Petrangelo's deal. I mean, yeah, he's fifth highest paid. I mean, you got Carlson, Dowdy, Yossi, and Subban over him. The only player you're taking over him is Yossi, and they're both the same age. And based on what Vegas needs, you could probably make the argument that Petrangelo fits better than Yossi. Yossi, I think, is a better defenseman. Left defenseman versus right defenseman. Vegas needs a right defenseman. Um, And Petrangelo is more offensive, which is what DeBoer wants. So, uh, look, I'm not trying to say he's better than Yossi. I only think there's two defensemen better than – Petrangelo and it's Yossi and uh, Hedman, but I think he probably fits what Vegas wants more. So I think that's a, you look at Oliver Ekman Larson makes just less than him at 8.25 versus 8.8. I mean, I'll take 8.8. Jacob Truba makes 8 million. I mean, you're taking Petrangelo over that. John Carlson makes 8 million. Brent Burns makes 8 million. The only player, when you start to think about it, Thomas Shabbat at 7.875. The only reason why you would consider that is because he is younger. Victor Hedman, obviously, at 7.875, same thing. But then you start getting to the bad ones. Look, Shea Weber, Ryan Suter, Aaron Ekblad, Chris Letang, Mark Hedberg Vlasic. I mean, all these players make more than $7 million, and they're nowhere close to the player that Petrangelo is. So I think the the front office has done a fantastic job. It'll be really interesting to see because the uh, athletic, not that we're pumping them anymore, uh, but they just came out with their um, confidence survey, which they do every year for the front office. And Vegas, the first couple of years was kind of in that 10 to 15 range for whatever reason, the um, fans don't have confidence in them for the top five, which is fucking crazy to me, but it'll be really interesting to see what the fans rate them this year. Oh, I think they'll I be feel, down. I feel yeah, like they'll, they'll be, be in the down. 20s. Yeah. They'll be which down. Is crazy. I, I know. Because, uh, I love our fans and stuff, but the mantra the mantra of them being new fans is somewhat true. It's true. All, it's true. Yeah, because this team is doing its best to to win. I understand trading away Nate Schmidt as a fan favorite will hurt the fans, and it hurts me too because I love Nate. He wears my favorite number. Okay, and and he, were you born were you born in 1988? Is that why it's your favorite number? Yes. Also, my birthday. Also, my birthday. My birthday is uh, 
what my birthday was supposed to be uh August eight, 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 eight. yeah my birthday was supposed to be but i came out early so that was the goal my mom wanted to so get, who cares what it was it, supposed it, it, to be it's not yeah i, I know but it's still my birthday of, was supposed late. to be two two twenty two but i was born to eleven eighty three so there you go <laughs> but, Man, but i'm you gonna know, mess with all your bank accounts now. but you know you know you know what i Life mean <laughs> but anyways like losing the sucks but you gotta understand this is this is a business you know uh and this, who's better, this, Nate Schmidt or uh, Alex even, Petrangelo? Not even close, dude. Okay, it's, who's better next year? Who's better the year after? Who's not, better the next five close. years? You know, I, I did find it interesting too when I just looked at the way that um, Petrangelo's contract is structured. Is it looks like if they had to buy him out in his final yeah. year, it would it's be buyout proof. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's buyout no, proof. It's, it's not buyout proof. It's a six-year buyout proof. Yep. seventh year they oh, could yeah. buy him out. So, and they did that on purpose for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they gave him everything he wanted except for that. They're like, look, if you're terrible at 36, we're buying you out, or 37, whatever his age is going to be. Yep. But look, I mean, you can't go and get a player like that unless you pick in the top 10 consistently. Like, Vegas has never had to go through a rebuild. So, I mean, for for me, my confidence is still extremely high. I think the only thing, there's only a couple blemishes when it comes to what the front office has done. First and foremost, Trade deadline year one, trading for not being able to get Eric Carlson and then going and flipping three high value picks for Tomas Tatar and then not either making your coach play him or not figuring that situation out earlier. That sucks, obviously. Yeah. Second one, re-signing uh, Marc-Andre Fleury after a career year when he still has one year left on his contract. That probably stings a little bit. That's probably like a, hey, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Um, and then the punting Tatar into the deal for um, Pacioretty and Suzuki. And retaining salary on top of that. I, I think at the, yeah, because it was three years of retention at that point. Um, other than that, you can't really go look at, at, a, at a trade and go, oh, they didn't get the better end of this. Like, it, I have still the utmost confidence in every single GM if you go and make – 20 moves in four years is going to have stinkers in there. Like mm-hmm. go it's look at, be go, go look at uh, Rutherford for Pittsburgh. Like he's had t- five stinkers this year. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it's doing, man. I don't he's know. Just, he's going to end playing, up looking like a genius later or something. He will not. He traded. <laughs> look, and not, not to go down, not to make this a Pittsburgh podcast. If you want to listen to Pittsburgh, it's tip of the iceberg. There's your little plug for uh, the hockey podcast network, <laughs> but they traded for, Kapanen. Was it Kapanen or Johnson? Who did they trade for? Uh, Kapanen, right? Uh, sorry. Kapanen for a first. Yes, yeah, so they traded a first uh, round pick before this, the Stanley Cup had been awarded, which was way too high when you start looking at trades that have made since then. Yeah, it was Kasperi Kapanen plus yeah. their best prospect. Our, uh, Toronto got a first round pick and Pittsburgh's best prospect. So at that point, I mean, it just makes no sense that they made that trade. It was just such a terrible fuck. But hey, this year's first round pick too. But yeah, they, they did upgrade Jack Johnson for Cody Cece. So hey, which is not an upgrade. <laughs> I mean, it is an upgrade because Jack Johnson is probably the worst player in the league. Cody Cece probably like the third worst player in the league. So <laughs> I did. I'm not wrong. It is an upgrade. It, it is an upgrade. <laughs> but hey, it cannot be worse. Oh my god, that's just. That's just ridiculous. They were like, so, hey, Toronto, give us one okay asset and one terrible one, and we'll give you everything you've ever asked for. But so if you look at it, back to back to the uh, um, 
confidence in the in the GMs. Vegas has a, I don't know, middle of the pack, depending on who you look at it, whether you want to look at just prospects that are under 21 or 23 and under. Prodman rates them in the early 20s. Um, Scouching and Brian Bader rates them in that 15 to 20 range. So somewhere between 15 and 25 is the prospect pool when you've only had four years is pretty good. Plus when you go look at your draft picks, so you're supposed to have seven per year. Vegas is two ahead of that range right now for over the next three years. They have seven, then nine, then seven um, for the next three years. Plus they are a Stanley Cup favorite. So I don't know how you couldn't have confidence in this front office. For me, it's, I mean, you haven't given up your, your first round picks or anything like that other than that to Tardio, but right now that's in the, the rear view. So you have your first round picks over the next three years, plus you have an additional second round pick next year and your, all your second round picks for the next three years. And you are a cup favorite. Plus you have your core locked up. Like how could you not have confidence in the, just because they traded fucking, Nate Schmidt, okay. Here's here, here. I want to say this right now. The the whole locker room loyalty thing for GMs overrated. Who gives who gives a shit? As long as you get the put it together, like as long as you try to win every year, you, like I I mean seriously, like people overblow it every single time, and I think it's not really that big of a deal. Like One players thing- know that that's gonna happen. One thing to piggyback off of that, everybody going, oh, we lost a glue guy. And when I say everybody, I'm talking media when they talk about it. Oh, we lost a glue guy and Nate Schmidt or, oh, we lost this or, oh, we lost that. Oh, the locker room, we got to look at it. Guess what Alex Petrangelo was in in, uh, St. Louis? He was their captain and their biggest glue guy. Do you think he's just going to forget all of that when he gets here? Like, I just don't understand it. Yes, Nate Schmidt was goofy and happy and all these things. Do you know what players like more than goofy and happy? Winning good winning players, being on a winning team. And there's podcasts out there or bloggers or media, whatever you want to call them, that are going, oh, well, the first times they get in a in a three-game losing streak, this team's just gonna turn on each other. It's like, oh, cool. You got in a five-game losing streak last season. With all the glue guys in the world. And then they fired so, the main glue guy, Gerard Gallant. So <laughs> that's true. Look, and then so just, let, let me let me put one thing this way too. Like new new hockey or new Vegas hockey fans or new to hockey fans, whatever you want to call yourselves, pick one, Schmidt or Flurry, and then shut the fuck up. There oh, we, we go. gotta have them both. We gotta have them both. Well, guess what, guys? In the next, I would say, let me see, by next draft. So next June, whatever that is, like eight months from now, uh, both of them have, will have been gone. Flurry's not. Flurry could stick around this year, but I think once they get into the playoffs, they'll realize, hey, there's no I reason think, to do that again. I think he's going to get traded in the deadline. I, guys, think, I think it's either first injury or deadline. I agree with you. I, I, I don't think they're going to – I think they'll use him to get to a first-place position and then move him at that point. Like, I feel like – I feel like a team like Carolina is on that verge to be cup contenders, but they still yeah. need to fix their their um, their goalie situations. They're going to look at Vegas. And they have David Ayers, Carlo. It's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, I do agree with you at some point. Either somebody's going to get injured because injuries happen, right? Grubauer just doesn't come back and healthy, and they call him, hey, we don't want to trade him because we're going to be playing in that division most likely. But 
if it allows you to go and make a different move, then of course they're going to do it. So oh, yeah. there is still a lot of movement to happen between now and the time of whatever season starts. And I, I do, I don't think, look, they've all said it. I still think Flurry is, is not on this team at the end of next season what, or the, the start of the following season. He's not playing his, his uh, contract out here. Hey guys, I, I have some bad news here, and it's that in another ten seasons, there's almost a one hundred percent guarantee that nobody from the inaugural season will be playing on this. Team. Oh no! Oh no! Shea or Tuck? I could give you. I could give you those two. Ten possibly. years. Yeah. Ten possibly. Because then that's fourteen years in. I still think they could have productive careers at that point, or or at the tail end. But you are correct. I mean, maybe Carrier. What Carrier's young? Carrier's twenty five. Yeah, but there's also a likelihood that if uh, you know they're they're not playing so well by the time that these contracts come up, that somebody's walking, maybe tough. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably do a rebuild by then. We're selling off our uh, veterans. So. At some at some point, look, uh, Detroit went through it. The Kings went through it. Chicago's going through it. San Jose looks like they're about to go through it. Uh, San Jose's the outlier because they don't have a cup. That's all you hope for. Right? <laughs> Cups. Yeah. Cups and banners last forever. Like you have to get one of those. So I don't care how many trades and players have to move. You get a cup and a banner, then it does not matter. And guess what? All the fans that said, I wish you wouldn't have traded Flurry or rabble, rabble, rabble about Nate Schmidt, they'll be at the fucking uh, banner ceremony or the uh, parade. And if, if you even look at Tampa Bay right now, like they're going, they're going to have to let some people go. They're, they're talking about con- contributors. Yeah, they're talking about trading stamps. What do they care now? They talk about loyal. That's their captain and their middle of their contract. You know what I mean? Like people are overrating this whole trading Nate Schmidt in the middle of this contract thing. Like, come on, man. It happens like, every year. It's just yeah. the first time that any of these media members or bloggers or podcasters or whatever have ever experienced it to a team that they were close to and closely covered. But this happens in the NHL every year. Like talk to me about loyalty. Kevin Johnson's going to have his name on the cup and he was put through waivers. Like it just happens. Players get traded. And let's be honest. I'd say most of these, these people who are writing drama about Schmidt or anybody getting traded are also making money off writing drama about Schmidt or anything. Oh yeah. It's all clickbait is what is what it is. It's just about driving views. Like, it's what the fan base wants to consume right now. They want to go crazy because there's no actual games happening. So it's easy to talk about, well, how are they going to result? How are they going to uh, perform after they're, they've lost 15 games in a row? Well, guess what? They're not going to fucking lose 15 games in a row, so it doesn't matter. But people love to talk about it. Who's going to be the leader? Yeah. And it's what everybody else wants to read that hates Vegas. Because then yep. they're like, oh, drama in the locker room. Oh, they're going to suck next season. We're not going to have to worry about them anymore. So, uh, Guess what? Vegas is going to still be a cup contender. They're, yeah. They are better. If Glass can replace Stasny, which we all we, both, we all think that he can, and Petrangelo is better than Schmidt, which he is, they're going to be fine. Like, that's, that's why you listen to us, guys. All we talk about is the truth. There are no lies here, right? Yeah, we, we probably skew a little <laughs> bit more towards trusting the, the, the GMs than the average uh, podcast or media or blogger out there. We, we definitely skew towards trusting them more because guess what? Here's what I've learned in my 37 years on this earth. Uh, George McPhee is in that fucking seat for a reason. I can think whatever the fuck I want. He's proven it. Like, if you yeah. want to say he's never won a cup, cool. Have you? 
Have you, Mr. Blogger, have you ever fucking and been a I GM? have I have an NHL 21, so now you got room to talk. And, and he kind of <laughs> has won a cup because I'd say it was still probably 90% his roster when the cap. Yeah. Yeah, but oh, so he got him there, but they weren't able to get over the finish line. So maybe that's what we need to do is to, to change the GM to get over the finish line because he didn't make the moves that were. were we already did that. We did. We did. Yeah, Kelly is <laughs> our GM now. <laughs> I know. It's just, I, I, I don't understand that line of thinking of going oh look i would take the washington years for, for mcphee i'll sign up right now to be president's trophy winner to to come into a buzzsaw and have the chance of, of going further and then at, at, after whatever 10 years or whatever being in the best team one of the best teams in the east finally winning it look at tampa yeah. Tampa, just the same thing. That's exactly. The only time they missed the playoffs in the last five years was because Steven Samkos got hurt. They probably never should have missed the playoffs that year, but they had absolutely catastrophic failures. I mean, they were President's Trophy winner that lost in the first round. They lost uh, multiple times in the um, Eastern Conference Final and then finally got over the hump. So, look, I mean, Vegas, for the past three years, when you go Stanley Cup Final, absolutely jobbed deal to, to lose in the first round, but Hey, that happens. It's still yeah. a loss in the Western conference final. Look, uh, look, I'll take it. Like that's so go back good. And, like go back and pull any article about the expansion draft. It absolutely railed on how bad Vegas did this. Nobody thought Vegas was going to be a good team. I think, and I think Seattle's going to get better players in Vegas too. I think they will. I absolutely yeah. think they will. They, I expect they Seattle to, to be. A, yeah. I expect Seattle to be a fringe playoff team because they're going to get a Brent Burns. They're going to get a Kevin Johnson. They're going to get players that are going to be top <laughs> six. Cap. Watch Taylor Hall's going to sign in Seattle after free agency this season. Well, God, it's because of the cap. Ta- like the it, Taylor Hall deal still makes no sense to me. If if you if we never had the the pandemic, then Seattle would probably be a horribly shitty team. Oh. Yeah, that's the thing. The pandemic helps Seattle. Can, can I say can I say one thing on this? So right now Vegas is going in with their core signed and they're a Stanley Cup favorite. It's them, uh, Colorado and Tampa Bay are all seven to one. Mm-hmm. So we're a Stanley Cup favorite. We're, we're number one for odds and you can look at odds, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're still projected to be a Stanley Cup contender. Next year, every single team, excluding Vegas, loses one good player. Mm-hmm. Every single team. That means every team gets one good player worse. Vegas keeps everybody. That is huge for Vegas, especially when you're talking. Vegas is going to be four full years in. They probably should have lost a player. I'm not going to try to to talk whether they should have or not. They absolutely should have lost a player, but they're not going to. So they are going to not get any worse where every team gets a slight bit worse. They're still going to be a Stanley Cup contender for the next couple of years. Like it's it's crazy to me. It sets up perfectly for Vegas. Yeah, I mean, we have – I would say we have at least two really good years on this window, probably more like four. I would say, I would say to me here, I consider the window five years because that Leonard window, like look at the players that you have signed for those five years, Tuck, Carlson, Stone, um, Theodore, Theodore, Petrangelo. Like those are your keys. Cody Glass hopefully develops into something. You re-sign Riley Smith. Uh, You've got to figure out two years beyond Pacioretty. I don't think he re-signs, but. He could uh, much cheaper, but you have those other cheaper. players coming up, right? You, ha- I mean, yeah. you, you, you have the Elvinus coming up. You have the Brisson coming up, like Krebs. Three elite years plus, I think, two additional years that they do. I think you have a five-year window to be able to to figure out um, winning a cup, and I, I, 
one is more than enough, but they're going to be a Stanley Cup favorite for two of those, two of those five, probably three of those five. So, um, so let's let's close it out, and I want to do a, a quick little game here and see what uh what player realistically, and and this doesn't have to be perfect because you know obviously the season hasn't started, but realistically, whenever this trade deadline is in this next upcoming season, hmm. what kind of player do you think they're going to pick up, if anybody? Oh, that's interesting. So let's um, assume. Hold on, for for I I know the, the path you're going, AJ. Let's assume you you're able to move Flurry, so that gives you a essentially freedom for any player that's going to be on the, on the block. Yep. Carlo, I'll let you pick your player. Jonathan Taves. Okay. Do you want to go into why? Uh, I feel like glass will be serviceable, but they kind of want that proven number one center. So they're going to go after Jonathan Taves, which is going to be probably the biggest item on the trade market and they always go for the big fish he's got and, he's got three years left including this year so if you traded for him at the deadline it would be that year plus two years left at 10.5 are you assuming that they're going to hold any salary they could they could yeah but i think they're gonna go after jonathan taves because he is uh, a proven number one center and he's which, gonna leave his no movement clause oh yeah, he would he would he come would. here for sure yeah, yeah he would. And, and they're already having the uh, locker room, talk about locker room drama in Chicago because they didn't say they were rebuilding. And Taves and uh, Kane were like, whoa, we didn't know we were rebuilding. Okay, so now I'll, I'll, I'll take it one step further for a question for you. Realistically, what's it going to cost to get him? Ooh, this one's uh, a tough one. Yeah. To me, it's a first plus. Uh, yeah, I, first, I, I think you're, you're first plus. You a might prospect. be a. I think you're a first plus a high value prospect. I think you're a yeah. first plus um, a Morozov, uh, Elvin, and a, that, a Dugan. I don't think it's. Uh, I if it's a, it, it could be. It could be. It could be a Krebs in a second, or something like that. I think it's a first. I don't think you want. I, I don't think they want. Uh, I think it's a first plus. You, you, I don't think anything starts without a first plus. Also, no, it depends he, on how he, much no, they, no, they retain. No, no, no. Because it's, 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 it's yeah, it depends on how much you retain. Because if if you look at it like. Uh, like the, the the stone deal where it's uh, we, you trade him Brandstrom instead of a first because it's a high value prospect. Yeah, I got you. So, yeah, so but, you, but you trade like, Krebs and a second and Lindbergh. So yeah, uh, I, I would still <laughs> say if you want to remember depends, Kane because it depends because Kane could also demand a trade and wants to get out of there and that's gonna have to force the, uh, Chicago's hand. Yeah, Kane Kane does nothing for this. Not team. Kane, Kane, not Kane. I mean Taves. Taves could, yeah. Kane, Kane does nothing for this team. Yeah. Kane, Kane wouldn't – Vegas wouldn't even look at him. He doesn't play defense. No, he doesn't know how to – he's yeah, not a two-way forward at all. He doesn't yeah, backtrack. Meant, he doesn't Taves. do anything. I meant Taves. So, you know what's crazy is, is – I, that's, I my love that that's my I bold prediction. That's my bold prediction. I love that you went down that path because that's a fantastic, actual, realistic opportunity. Yeah. For me, um, based on the fact that they were already in talks this offseason, I think it's Taylor Hall. Mm. I think they make a run at – Taylor Hall again because you'll have the the cap space. Um, also depends on what it costs you. It could be easy for um, Buffalo to retain half of that salary, and then all of a sudden he's a four million. He fits into your cap super easy. Um, to me, I think they already got a meeting with him because they wanted a one year deal. If they could now get him in, then you can sign a long term extension. I think he's going to be your 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 biggest fish. If you look at other um, 
upcoming UFAs. Uh, there's not a lot out there. Hoffman, if they wanted Hoffman, they'd go figure that out right now, right? I mean, you got Ovechkin not getting traded. Ryan gets a, you don't, he doesn't do anything for your team. So Taylor Hall, David Krejci doesn't do anything for your team. Tukarask doesn't do anything. Oh, we can go get Paul Stasny back. <laughs> oh, see, see the reason why, yeah, the reason why I went with Taze is because he's a center. He's a proven number one center. You yep. know what I mean? I agree with you. No, no, that, that, hey, that's bold. By no stretch of the imagination am I saying it's not bold. But it's something that is in the realm of possibility. It's not so far out there. It's not, um, I'm surprised you didn't go Eichel, which is thank God you didn't. But it's not, <laughs> it's not Jack Eichel. It's not crazy, crazy. Like Taves is on a team that's really Connor good. McDavid. He fits, he fits what you're going to look for yeah. in a player. He wouldn't cost as much because Chicago would want to get off that 10.5 million. Mm-hmm. The only way it starts costing you a first plus too much is if they're retaining like 3 million salary for the next two years, then it starts costing you a little bit more because they want that. They'll want that cap space during that rebuild. And if Chicago at the trade deadline, whenever that happens to be is completely out of it, I could see them wanting to move some of those core players. Yeah, so, yeah. hey, I, I love your I love your idea. He he fits better than Taylor Hall. Yeah, I mean, I, I, how many cups has he won? Two, at least three, three? two or three. three. I made I mean, that mistake before. You no, know, he was there. He was three. He was three. Yeah, I made that mistake before yeah. saying two. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but absolutely, an elite player. I I definitely think that that could be a possibility. That's a, that's a funny that. one, uh, AJ. So now now it's your turn. You pose a question. <laughs> So I, I would lean toward if they're going to make a move like that, they want somebody elite, but they don't want somebody elite who's going to fall off after a year or two. I, I could more see if they're going to spend that much, they'd want somebody young. I don't know exactly who that could be, um, but it would have to be somebody, in my opinion, it could, it could, not it would have to be, but it could be somebody on the younger side that becomes a maybe one of the future faces of the franchise. Like I said, I don't know who that is, whether that's like giving – two firsts and a prospect to somebody for somebody like one of the Kachucks or somebody like that. But I could see them making some crazy. That's going to cost a lot more. And the other uh, people like uh, letting go of young players. Those trades just don't happen. Mm-hmm. I, I not, not to, not to poo poo on your, uh, your idea. Those trades just don't happen. Name, name the last like, time, Mark like a Patrick line, like a, no, Mark's but he, he, Stone was 26 when he got traded. You yeah, got to look, you got to look at, yeah, but I also just look at the Senators Ooh, being the Patrick Line is uh, another name up <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, Patrick Line, there you go. Line, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I'm out, I'm still confused why there's been so many rumors around moving him is it cuz he's going to be at RFP? Okay. He, no, they can't afford him. Yeah, they uh, can't afford him and there's been uh some some rough waters with management with him. Uh the the one the last the one interview when he said something about something about Winnipeg and not being there, maybe not being there in the future or something like that. Nice. It was like a weird thing. He he's gonna cost. I mean, his next deal is gonna be eight million plus. Yeah. So the, Winnipeg just doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, it, it, so it'll and, be interesting. I don't, I don't another, think I don't think he's coming here. I don't think he's in any yeah. danger of coming here. And another reason why I didn't pick a winger because I don't know where a winger would fit in this. Uh, yeah, team sense. right now, we're we're really loaded on wingers. We got Patrick, like Patrick and Stone, Marsha Stone, and Smith, and then third line. We don't really like. Tuck. It's a luxury. Yeah, tuck, yeah, talk. But it's it's a luxury to get like a Taylor Hall. Oh, here we go. Line. Give you know me, what I give mean? me this guy every day. <laughs> Tomas Hurdle. <laughs> yeah, I would take that good, guy in a heartbeat. Good luck, man. San Jose is not making that trade. <laughs> and you know especially what's not with Vegas. <laughs> Out yeah. of all the things that, that that is as crazy as Carlo gets sometimes, that that actually 
could theoretically, if they realize that they're completely out of it and they don't want to sit around for two more years, because look, they've won three cups. And I don't Kane, see anybody else that works, to be honest, on a, on any team that would be willing to trade a star center like that's that. purposely going into a rebuild, right? Like, yeah, like if if you look, uh, Arizona doesn't have a star center, right? Like, they don't. Who's Peyton who's their Keller? best? No, he's not even a center. He's a. Winner. I don't know. I, I'm, Nick I'm just thinking about the only name I remember on Arizona right now. <laughs> I think Schmaltz is is your best center. He signed for a long fucking time though. Uh, he's 24. Do they want to trade him? Probably not. He's on a decent deal. Okay, 5.8. Look, <laughs> look, look at Detroit. Uh, maybe. We'll no, because be they're, they're out of their rebuild window. They're, they're starting to come out of it. They, they yeah, don't that's why good... they just made all those acquisitions is they're it's... starting to build again. Maybe Stamkos? Mm-hmm. He's just going to get injured. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Stamkos doesn't make any sense, especially because if, they, they... if they get out of their um, cap issue, Going into the season, they're not trading them at the deadline because they're out of their cap issue. So it's either right now or it doesn't happen. And they're uh, and these contracts, I think, is a little too long for Vegas's likes. Four more years at eight point five. Yeah, it's not a deal you want to look at. Well, it's well to to be fair, it's not it's not as long. It's it's cheaper than Taves, but it's you're taking Taves every day of the week over over yeah. Samkos. Taves is the best deal if they could retain some salary. Yeah, if you could figure out how to have them say retain two or three million, that would be out of anybody. That would be absolutely the best. And, and Vegas is just collecting captains, man. We got Montreal's, we got <laughs> St. Louis. We kind of got Ottawa's because he was probably going to be either your next captain. But you know, who was the captain that year? Was it a? I don't think they had a captain. Ottawa because Ottawa. it was Carlson before, right? Yeah, it was Carlson yeah. before. Yeah, and then isn't they didn't want to give happen? it to they didn't want to give it to Stone knowing that Stone was leaving. Yeah. So I agree. He, he by proxy, he was the captain. And they don't have one now. Nope. No, they're too yeah. young. They, they, they. It'll, yeah, it I agree with you. Shabbat. He was their captain. No, it'll it'll be uh. No, it could be Shabbat or uh. Yeah, it's probably Shabbat. Shabbat. It's gonna be Shabbat. I don't, I, I don't think it's gonna be Kachuk. I don't think it's a captain type. It's yeah, probably he's, gonna be he's a better Kachuk than his brother. <laughs> you're you're probably right. It's gonna be Shabbat. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well. But yeah, I mean, I I guess uh, I guess we're all in agreement that that Carlo came up with a good one there. Good job, Carlo. Yay! It's not a goddamn it, Carlo. It's a good job, Carlo. Yeah, and, and you, didn't, you didn't mention Eichel or McNabb, so good job. And I did, I did mention McNabb. Like, I did mention McNabb. What are you talking about? I yeah, but you, you only mentioned him once and not like seven hundred times in one minute. Um, and we we didn't say fuck until like fifty minutes into this episode. We did very well today. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, um, we're gonna well, take fuck. next week off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so we'll be taking oh, next we week off. Uh, Wait, did, didn't we get questions? Oh Jesus Christ, we're so bad about this. Hey, we'll answer using. <laughs> We'll answer. Uh... <laughs> no, I, so I, I don't know. I didn't see any questions. I just saw a bunch of snarky comments about how we're idiots. Or oh, no, we God. are idiots. So, all right. Well, we are idiots. if we missed your question, we'll do it next time out and we'll actually try to pump getting more questions. Yeah. So give us your questions next time. We're serious. Right. We don't know what you have questions about, but we'll answer about anything. It doesn't even matter. Unless it's one of Carlos memes. We will not answer that. I, I will answer that. 100%. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll be back in a, in a couple weeks. We're going to take next week off. So uh, happy Halloween. Hope you have a uh, safe trick-or-treating, if that's actually – is, is trick-or-treating a thing? Like, is, yep, we're, yeah. we're, we're uh, going to yeah, so, yeah, kind of. Wear your mask. Well, it's Halloween. You're going to yeah. wear a mask. <laughs> wear, wear a safe mask with your Halloween mask and yeah. enjoy, uh, enjoy Halloween, and we'll see you in November. All right, guys. See you, see you guys. Thanks, Go everyone. vote. Go vote.